Hello, welcome to the Bookish Life Podcast. This is Sarah. And it's Phil. Yay, happy day, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> happy day. It is almost Thanksgiving. Can you believe it? I can't. I really, really can't. I know I say this every time. Yes. But, whoa, November, what happened? Mm-hmm. One of the things I appreciate about you is your capacity <laughs> to be surprised by the passage of time consistently. Yeah, well, yeah. it does blow me away. It is. It is amazing. It, well, and it's because there's a couple different reasons, I think. Yes, let's discuss. Well, because I spend so much of my time looking forward, like mm-hmm. like already I'm in like January mm-hmm. in terms of like work stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also teaching, and that kind of feels like... Oh, we have all this time. And then, bam, you don't. Right. Thanksgiving's here, and then you have a week after that. It's over. I don't know. It's just like I live in this weird time Mm -hmm. vortex. Yeah. You are. Maybe you are in your own little personal vortex of I never know what day it is. Uh I wake up every morning, and I'm like, what's today? Oh, right. This is what I have to do. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. No, I mean, time's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. It's a construct. I was even just thinking, I wish that I had like a like a some kind of simulator uh-huh. on my glasses yeah. that always had a calendar just oh, right in just front of me side. all the time yeah. that I could always just glance at to see yeah. where we are. In the world. Wouldn't it be nice if there was just some sort of alarm that was triggered that just says, <laughs> you can't make that commitment. You can't make yeah. that commitment. You are booked. Yes. Yeah. But, and maybe there is if you put all your stuff in one place, but yeah. I, I'm not good at that either. But anyway, enough about my idiosyncrasies. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine. I'm good. You you had an eventful literary uh, happening. You got, got to see uh, David Sedaris. I see David Sedaris, and he was just like you would imagine, mm-hmm. funny. Of course, I went with my sweet husband mm-hmm. who doesn't like to wait in line, and he oh. was patiently waiting in line the entire time um, because one of the things Sedaris does, he's sort of known for, is he will talk to you. Like, he is one of the authors. He's not mm-hmm. going to just sign and mm-hmm. move on. He's going to ask you questions and chit-chat. Mm-hmm. He was eating his dinner while we were all in line, mm-hmm. taking a bite, chit-chat. Anyway, he draws little pictures in everyone's book. That's kind of the thing, right, mm-hmm. to get a David Sedaris picture. So, anyway, it was very nice and fun. And we told him about the store, and he said, I'd love to come to Fort Smith, but i got to have a really nice hotel room. Oh. I, I didn't know for sure if we had really nice hotel rooms. I assumed the window might be pretty nice. Maybe, but, yeah. But, but is it David Sedaris I nice? I don't know if it's David Sedaris nice. He owns a Picasso. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about a guy who during the pandemic bought the apartment above him. Absolutely. And put in a staircase. Yeah. I mean, I just am not sure that the Wyndham is going <laughs> to cut it. Cut it No offense to the Wyndham. No. I would be glad to stay there I'd myself. I'd stay there. Yes. I'd live there. Yes. But uh, perhaps one of our houses we could make it nice enough for him and give him the entire top floor. Well, not mine. Mm. Anyway. We'll, All right. We'll, we'll solve that problem that. later. <laughs> That's for the new year. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but we had a great time. Tulsa is a lovely, a lovely mm-hmm. city. Yes. Of course, the cold front moved in, mm-hmm. so it was really cold and we couldn't do a lot of the outdoorsy stuff we wanted mm-hmm. to do, but that's okay. We had a sweet little Airbnb and Good. ate lots of great food and had a, had a great time. So yeah. yes, that was fun. And, um, yeah, and here we are. When this podcast comes out, it'll be the Monday before Thanksgiving. So, And yeah. everyone will start to be spinning out of control mm-hmm. as we begin the countdown toward Christmas. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fun, I guess. It's a good time yeah. for the store. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. My, my And my, uh, my thinking on Christmas decor has changed over time. I used to be a hard and fast nothing until after Thanksgiving. Right. Now, I'm like, if it makes you happy... 
I kind of in the same way. Put it up, man. Yeah. Like we've hung Christmas lights in our living room. That's our first thing that we've mm -hmm. done. And I put them on the house. But like okay. we don't have the other decorations out. But I'm like, my daughter was like, when are we putting up the lights? And I'm like, well, today then, since you asked. If you're ready. That's right. Let's do it. I'm kind of the same way. Um, and I think a lot of it is because we're kind of realizing that Thanksgiving isn't necessarily a holiday that needs to get a whole lot of attention anyway. Right. Um, so if it makes you happy to have the holiday spirit and mm -hmm. have the little twinkle lights, yep. go for it. But, I blame Hallmark for a lot of this since they mm -hmm. start their movies now in October. I blame Ram Cunningham for Fine. putting 30 trees in my store. Yep. You know, I'm totally on board for blaming Ram with whatever we things. can. Sure. Yeah. So... Well, you know, it is what it is. But, yes, I'm kind of in the spirit. Yeah. Doesn't let's happen do very it. often, but, yeah. No. Let's lean in. Lean in. And in the spirit of Christmas, Sarah, we have a special podcast today. <laughs> it's so special. Oh, no. <laughs> it is dedicated to? The National Book Awards. Woo. Yeah. It is the season. Mm -hmm. This really kicks off the holidays. This really does. When people think, okay, now I can put my stuff up, the National Book Award winners what, have been announced. Who is the winner? That's right. How will I do uh, And you and I have read a grand total of zero. Uh, zero yeah. Of and that's what I was telling Phil. When the, when the store first started, and I don't know if it's because I was naive or just excited or... Optimistic, let's optimistic. say. Optimistic. Um, and I had a little bit more time, too. But when mm -hmm. the long list came out, I would go through and try to read as many of those as I could. Mm -hmm. If I hadn't already, usually I'd already read quite a few of them. Um, this year I kind of missed the long list a little bit. I did notice there were several short, short story collections in the fiction section. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, but yeah, I, I think I have one at the store. I have one of the long listed books at the store, um, but haven't read any of them. So I want to though. So we'll talk about them. Okay, let's do, do it. Do you want to talk about McCarthy first? Or well, I haven't ready? finished. I'm okay. I'm about 270 pages in. Did you finish the audio book? Or have you given no, up? No, no, no. I haven't even started it yet. Okay. I mean, I started it. Yeah, started okay. Since. So, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. I, I would be interested if anybody reads it. I'd be interested in talking about sure. it. Okay. I have I have my theories of where this is headed and, and the nature of the title. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ooh. So, we'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I... I'm not quite finished with Ozark Dogs, the Eli Craner mm -hmm. book, but I have to tell you about a section that I read that yeah. I thought was so funny, and maybe I'm just reading mm -hmm. too much into it. But it's it's a page turner. It's a thriller. There's like a... Mm -hmm. um, and we read the opening last week. I read week the opening, and it yep. was great. I loved kind of this, mm -hmm. the setting and the scene and the tornado, mm -hmm. and sort of we understood everything that was going to kind of unfold. Well, things are unfolding mm -hmm. pretty quickly. Um like I said, you know, one chapter ends, you're like, oh my gosh, well, what's going to happen next? So it's 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 good in that in that sense. But there is a high school senior who's one of the main characters, and she's she's a badass. She's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. She's had a hard life, but yep. she's risen to the occasion, and um, she's she's one of our favorite characters. But there's a scene where there's a kidnapping, and she's kind of running through the forest, and she's just been at the homecoming, at homecoming at the mm -hmm. high school. So she's dressed in formal wear, and it's a strapless mm -hmm. kind of blue dress. Mm -hmm. And as she's running through the forest, there's a scene that says, like, her top just comes down and she just stops and holds her chest. And I thought, that's how you know there's a dude writing this book. <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't know. That's the only thing that I'm like, I would take that out. Just because. Well, wait, because she wouldn't have, you just wouldn't care in that context. I don't think you'd care. Yeah. And you'd also, like, figure it out before that, probably. Okay. I don't yeah. know. I just, I think. Yeah. And that's not what you would focus on. Right. But anyway, I thought it was interesting. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it kind of made me chuckle. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. 
Speaking of Hallmark Christmas movies, <laughs> this is how I know that almost all of those are written by women. Is oh, because yeah. I know no men who behave like the male heroes in oh, yeah. the male love interest in a Hallmark movie. They're Those just are divorce, and they left their hot power job to go to yeah, a small town. Right, and you know, and, and yeah, I mean, and are witty but very emotionally available. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you're like this is this is what a woman designed That's this funny, man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so anyway, so <laughs> yes, funny. I think uh, I think I those mean, are dogs is much higher art. Than a Hallmark, than a Hallmark movie, movie, but it, that's sure. what popped into my head. Yeah, yes. it is pretty funny. I'm not really sure a lot of women are designed that way either, honestly, for the Hallmark movies. No. But I've honestly never watched one. So oh, that. yeah. I mean, they're great in a really terrible sort of way. Like, if you're into, like, kind of... So that's our candy portion of art <laughs> that we've been talking yes, about. Yes. Like, I, uh, I have a very kind of Mystery Science 3000... <laughs> Uh, relationship sure. with Hallmark movies. Like, I, I'm kind of the peanut gallery gotcha. uh, in our house as Tosh and Elena watch them. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. All right. All right. Well, let's go on to our winners for the National Division. Winners. So These we'll are the winners. Talk- Not talking about any losers, Sarah. No. Only well, the winners. There are no losers. Hey, if you can write a book, <laughs> you've won. You've won. If you can have a book published, you've won. It's up to me. Uh-huh. Okay. So, the fiction in fiction category, it's a debut novel by Tess Gunty called The Rabbit Hutch. Mm-hmm. And I did actually have this downloaded and started it last night. And it's it's definitely a Sarah type of book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's set over one sweltering week in July in a low-cost housing complex in Lockavale, Indiana. Vacaville, Indiana. Um, and I wrote a quote here. This is from Matt Stowe, who works at Greenlight Bookstore. And this is a side note. I kind of Googled to see, make sure Matt Stowe was still, you know, mm-hmm. still working there, what he was up to. Mm-hmm. And he's a buyer. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a bookstore in Brooklyn. Okay. And I just got so jealous because it was like a team of buyers. And I was like, oh, what's that like? <laughs> they have a group of people yes. that you can talk about what's best for your store. Yeah. Anyway, so one day, one day we'll get there. But this is his review. He says, um, The Rabbit Hatch is an inventive and lyrical tale of Midwestern decay, environmental destruction, and toxic masculinity. John Brand, oh, sorry, John Brandon meets Lauren Groff with the occasional experimental aside, an ambitious and assured debut. So, wow. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's kind of, you have, I think three different characters and they're all kind of living in the same uh-huh. complex and the walls are really thin. And, um, there's this murder at mm-hmm. the beginning, this body. And I think it's one of the characters that you meet and you'll sort of see mm-hmm. what happened to her yeah. later. But you know, they're all kind of, there's like an obituary writer mm-hmm. and then, um, a couple so, of teenage boys. Midwestern you know, decline. Mm-hmm. Environmental Environmental decay decay. and toxic masculinity. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a potent cocktail of themes. Right. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, so it's not a very long book, but um, Mm. anyway, so that's our winner for the year, The Rabbit Hutch. The Rabbit Hutch. Mm -hmm. Great. And then some of the runners-up were The Bird Catcher by Gail Jones. These are the losers. They're they're finalists. Okay. They're all finalists. Um, the Town of Babylon by Alejandro uh, Varelia, which I do have in the store, mm-hmm. and that looks kind of satirical. Mm-hmm. Um, the Haunting of Haji Hotok and Other Stories by Jamil John Kochai. Mm-hmm. Um, and then All This Could Be Different by Sarah Matthews. I can't read my handwriting, so I don't know what the <laughs> middle name is there. Sarah something Matthews. Um, so those are all the runners up for fiction. So congratulations, okay. yeah. everybody. Rabbit Hutch. Rabbit Hutch. Mm-hmm. 
Tess Kenty. Okay, our nonfiction winner. This is a book that we have um, had in the store, and I've sold several copies, and it's South to America, A Journey Below the Mason-Dixon to Understand the Soul of a Nation by Imani Perry. Mm-hmm. Um, so Imani Perry is currently a professor at Princeton, and she's a columnist for The Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So I've seen her name around quite a bit. Um, and this is an essential, surprising journey through the history, rituals, and landscapes of the American South and a revelatory argument for why you must understand the South in order to understand America. Yeah. We live in the South. So, yeah, you definitely need to get us. That's right. (laughs) How else will you know? We're part of this conversation. Absolutely. Uh Arkansas's not, but the rest of the South. (laughs) (laughs) It was really important. Mm -hmm. I kid. Okay, and so The Invisible Kingdom by Megan O'Rourke. Um, that's reimagining chronic illness. That was a runner-up or a finalist. A finalist. Uh, uh-huh. Breathless: The Scientific Race to Defeat a Deadly Virus uh-huh. by David Guaman. The Man Who Could Move Clouds by Ingrid Rojas Contreras. And this is interesting because it's a memoir. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, what if my life story was on the National Book Award? Yeah, that would be something. That is maybe something. one day. I feel like maybe I read the review for that, but mm-hmm. I, the name sounds, the title 80s sounds 80s and familiar. 90s, Columbia is kind of where she grows up. Mm-hmm. And then she has, an, she moves to the United States in her 20s and has this accident and gets amnesia. Mm-hmm. And when she re- recovers, she has the family secret. They put it in mm-hmm. quotes and all the reviews, but I think it's kind of like this fortune-telling mysticism mm-hmm. type thing. Oh. And so, um, anyway. That sounds interesting. Yeah, it does yeah. kind of sound yeah. pretty cool. Way cooler than my life. <laughs> and then his name is George Floyd, One Man's Life and the Struggle for Racial Justice by Samuel Roberts and, oh, I think it's, uh, oh, Tulu, Tulu Olorupia. I'm sorry. It would help if I wrote this meter, but it's T-L-U-T-O-L-U-S-E, but I think it's Tulu Olorunipa, Olorunipa. Tulu and Arunipa. I looked at Excellent. Up. Thank you. Don't laugh at mine. I would I'm not. Sorry if I missed yeah, up I would your not. name. Yeah. Tulu. Uh, poetry, we have Punks by John Keane. And this is great. Okay. So there's a review yeah. of this book of poetry, and I think it spans decades mm-hmm. and several different, you know, from, from his life's work. Um, this is by um, Tahima Jess, mm-hmm. but this quote, this review, is poetry itself. Mm-hmm. So here we go. The range, vision, depth, and humanity he brings to the page are as galactic as Banneker's astral wanderings, as crisp as the choral cutting of a searching horn, as courageous and small as a nose wide open. Oh. <laughs> I know. Yeah. How courageous is a wide open nose? I don't know. It depends on the context, doesn't right? it? Isn't it cool? Yeah. That's it. That's a good quote, though. That is a good quote. So that's um, Punks by John Keane. That's our National Book Award Poetry winner. Then we have Look at This Blue by Allison Adele Hedgecoke. We have The Rupture Tense by Jenny Z. And then Ballads by Sharon Olds are all finalists for that. And then lastly, well, not lastly, because I did skip translated literature. I'm sorry. If you're dying to know, Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Please send all complaints <laughs> to, to Sarah. at mm-hmm. first grade. Um, so the Young People's Literature winner is All My Rage by Sabu Chahir. Oh, that's one of the books I was trying to get Elena to read. Oh, yeah. Elena's my daughter. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Elena's his daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, this book is about um, 
kind of a generational story. Uh, the first part is immigrants from Pakistan. They move to America, to California, open up um, a motel, I think. Yeah, open up a motel, and then they kind of fast forward to their children or one of their their child, and they have another friend who's um, anyway. They kind of have this relationship, but they start falling apart. They have to kind of save the motel and save their friendship and all that kind of stuff. So, oh, okay, great. Yeah. It kind of reminds me a little bit of a kite runner, mm-hmm. like it sounds kite runner esque, mm-hmm. but maybe with some um, lesser political themes mm-hmm. and less and a little bit more love. Okay, great. Maybe. Yeah. Um. All right, and so the finalists for young people's literature were *The Ogress and the Orphans* by Kelly Barnhill, *The Lesbian's Guide to Catholic School* by Sonora Reyes, *Victory Stand: Raising My Voice for Justice*. Um, and this is a story, and of course I can't read my handwriting again, because there's three authors, um, Dawood, Dawood, Derek Barnes, and Tommy Smith. I think that's Enyab Wiley. Um, anyway, this is a story of, I think it was Tommy Smith, who was the, um, won the 1968 Olympics and mm-hmm. stuff with the, the fist. fist yep. Yeah. So it's their story. Oh. And then Maisie Chen's Last, Di- Last Chance by Lisa Yee. So those are all of our young people's finalists. But anyway, isn't that fun? Quite a selection. I know, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that you want to read? <laughs> yeah, no. He furrowed his I mean, brow. Yeah. Uh, nothing jumped out at me immediately, mm-hmm. um, except uh, a reminder of my own insecurities as a reader, especially as it relates to poetry. Oh. I yeah. wish I read more poetry. I've tried to read more poetry. I feel like the only way it would work at this point is if I had a poetry reading group. Hmm. Um, I read a book about how to read poetry. Um, and I still don't feel like I'm very good at it. Um, I think you're overthinking it. Yeah, I probably am. But it's like, I, you know, it's this, I feel the way about poetry, the same way I do about like instrumental music. Mm -hmm. Like I like instrumental music, but I really like some words and with poetry, I'd really like a plot. I mean, I'd, I'd like a, I mean, I read novels for a reason, Sure. you know, and I, I know that they, okay. anyway, so I, it, uh, yes, it's just my own insecurity around the, the genre, but, um, yeah. but no, a great list. I mean, for all, I mean, I they sound great oh, for all I know. Um, and I think certainly, uh, one of the things to celebrate is again with reading, what's the point if not to get different experiences? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think this list has a lot of a lot of different mm-hmm. experiences. I do. Um, They're all things that, you know and, and probably one of the reasons I haven't read mm-hmm. them yet is because they aren't in our everyday TikTok, mm-hmm. book talk, social right. media. They're not the things mm-hmm. that everybody is picking up. Right. Um and so there's a chance that some of this stuff could have gotten lost. And so to, to give them mm-hmm. like an opportunity to mm-hmm. come to the forefront and, yeah. and be heard, I think is really kind yeah. of cool. Yeah. Um, especially in this day and age when you are drowning in what your TikTok friends are reading. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the thing I wrestle with, with my book diet, um, is, is how much of our cultural, social and political issues I want to, integrate into my reading life. Mm, I want to integrate some, Mm -hmm. and I have, and you and I have had long conversations about stuff we've read that has expanded our horizons. But on the other hand, I want to not, you know, I mean, I want to, when I, cause I read a lot before bed Mm -hmm. and, 
and uh, I I want to read stuff that that maybe like. yeah, yeah and doesn't yeah and uh, and maybe doesn't trigger all of my experiences from the day. Yeah, I really felt that with COVID mm-hmm. and how immediately well, I felt like immediately there were all these books that were yeah. set during COVID, and I was like, I do oh. not even want to do that. Let's right. Just, and I, I think I kind of found myself navigating to historical fiction mm-hmm. around that time, just because mm-hmm. I knew that I could break away. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. And, and it's not that I don't appreciate the stances that mm-hmm. authors take and the commentary mm-hmm. that they're making on mm-hmm. the world. Um, but yeah, like, it's just too... It's, and like, for example, I have no clue about this book. This is the first I've heard about it. South to America, mm-hmm. right? So, you know... I may really enjoy that, mm-hmm. but as as a resident of the South, um, I find in these types of books sometimes yeah, I get the feeling of like I can talk about my mom, but you can't talk about yeah. my mom. Yeah. You know, it's like as a visitor, mm-hmm. like I, I would be reluctant to uh, go spend a summer in Norway mm-hmm. and then derive broad sweeping meanings around about Norwegians. Sure. And I feel like there is a bit of um, that that's what I would worry about a book like mm-hmm. that. And one of the hesitations I would have in picking it up, I would need to read a more thorough review of it to right. see, is this, did, did she journey South with an, with an open mind? Uh, I or, think she may even actually be from the South. Okay. Too, yeah. Which would help. Her. Or did she come down, mm-hmm. you know, to like, like Willie Morris's North toward home. Mm-hmm. Have you ever read that before? So Willie Morris wrote that book, um, and, and I think the '70s, Willie Morris, uh, famous for uh, oh, it was it was a cat book, but anyway, he's a really good author. Mm-hmm. Um, and Morris uh, grew up in the South, but then spent most of his life in the North. And North Toward Home was about him kind of wrestling with and reckoning with being a white male Southerner at a time when there was no woke wasn't a word, right? right? Um, and so that was really interesting book uh, about the ways that he experienced his region as a child, but then, um, also over the course of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's, there's room for this sort of stuff, especially if he's a Southerner, mm-hmm. but also I'm like, man, I mean, I live in the South. I'm steeped in the South. Yeah. I, 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 I have a hard I don't time. I confirmation that our stuff is important. Important and <laughs> strange and backwards, right. but also beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, like we're, we're, we're people down here too sure, yeah. with all that entails of good and bad. And I, I think that's a conversation we'll have on Saturday when we have Eli Craner in the shop mm-hmm. and Kelly Ford, um, because Kelly lives in Vermont and she'll be here. Mm-hmm. Um, and her book is kind of hard to read. Like all the characters are pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all dealing with generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, kind of paints it as kind of a, a, a pretty ugly picture, but there's, and even with Craner's book, like everyone's a little, a little backward, yeah. you know, do things their own way. Um, but there is, you have to kind of find that humanity in it and not mm-hmm. the car- caricature yeah. of who yeah. these characters are. Um, and that's kind of what I worry mm-hmm. about sometimes when you have, when, yeah, the same thing. Like you have all of that, mm-hmm in front of you like that we're so much more than the kkk and yeah it's you know yes trauma yeah it was it was one of my hang-ups with the trees mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like i mean the south was very much portrayed of yeah. a type sure 
that does exist here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he had the pathway to remedy that or balance that with the Mississippi police officers. Mm-hmm. Didn't really lean into that. And that's okay. That was not his project. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but it is one of those things that I, I'm, I'm sensitive to. And, and, and maybe one of the reasons is, too, is because I'm very flawed and imperfect. But I have, I have tried, uh, I feel like, to remedy or, or interrogate my biases. Mm-hmm. And I continue to try to do that on a regular level, regular yeah. uh, time. And, and so I'm like, it can be done. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do that. Sure. You, and, and I recognize I'm in a different position as a white guy yeah. in America than some of these other authors are. Mm-hmm. They're not in that position. But still, bias is bias. Yeah. Or, you know, a prejudice is a prejudice, even if it's justified. Mm-hmm. Um, a preconception is a preconception. A stereotype is a stereotype. So these are just things I think about personally and wrestle with. And as I has there look been anybody that you've read that you think of um, that does a good job of portraying Southern life? Um, you know the. The first person Nobody I went, ever. well, the first person I went to in my head was David Joy, mm-hmm. and that's not truly Southern, but it's pretty Southern. It's close, yeah. And I'll tell you another one is Barbara Kingsolver with her Appalachian oh, stuff. Yeah, I'm totally um, to read that. yeah. yeah. Um, you know, she had one. I can't remember the name of it. It's the butterflies. Mm-hmm. It's about the monarchs, and it's in the South. Yeah. Kingsolver does a really great job of being like, "There's racist people here. There's lovely people here. There's backwards people here. There are incredibly intelligent people here. There are people who care about things and people who don't. Yeah. And it's like any other place, because mm-hmm. um, that's true every place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Joy and Kingsolver, I feel like, do a magnificent job of that. Uh, we've talked about him before, Larry McMurtry. Now Texas is its own thing, but deconstructing the mythology yeah. that kind of exists around Texas uh, was a big project of his, I think, in his writing. Mm-hmm. More successful sometimes than other times. Um, but I think McMurtry was very interested in writing about Texas as a full place. Like he was not as interested in leaning into the stereotypes as he was deconstructing them. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Um, but anyway... Like, just off the top of my head, what about you? Well, um, I was thinking David Joy as well. Mm-hmm. And I think we can count him since I'm in the same um, bookseller region as yes. he is count in him. Carolina. Yep. So we'll mm-hmm. yep. um, I was, I've never read – I can't believe I'm about to say this in public. I, I've never read John Grisham. Mm-hmm. But he's like a painted mm-hmm. house is yeah, the book yeah. that everyone uh-huh. kind of says is Arkansas. Uh-huh. Is how do, how are we portrayed there? Yeah, I've Have not read it. it. Okay. I mean, I've read a bunch of his other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even like The Firm set in Memphis. Oh, I, I mean, have read The Firm, yeah. actually. Yeah. Um, and uh, The Pelican Brief. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, who else is Southern? Well, I also, I mean, I love Zora Neale Hurston. Mm-hmm. And not only Southern, but just, mm-hmm. um, I mean... Just that anthropology mm-hmm. behind the yeah. characters that she creates, I yeah. think, is um, yeah, it's fleshed out and mm-hmm. you know layered, and mm-hmm. um, it, it's a place that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the same thing, I think it's important because I feel think you feel the same way. I'm not interested in whitewashing here, right? I don't want some. I I can't. It's not. I only want the South idealized, right? It's not like no, I just no, want to yeah. sit back with Gone For with the sure. Wind or oh, To Kill yeah. a Mockingbird and be like, that's the South. Right. I do want everything laid out, mm-hmm. um, but I just want it handled respectfully. Yeah. 
I know I've read a lot more Southern mm-hmm. stuff. I can't think of yeah. it in my head, though. But even um, Gods of Green County, which is a book mm-hmm. that we sold several of in the shop, and um, Mary Elizabeth Pope came. She lives in Boston now, mm-hmm. but she grew up in the boot hill of Missouri. Oh, yeah. And so her characters mm-hmm. are, they're, they're white characters. Mm-hmm. They're not mm-hmm. literate, but they're caring and mm-hmm. thoughtful, and they fight for their families mm-hmm. and, like, all the, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was a pretty good portrayal mm-hmm. of, and I even said that, like, I thanked her for not making us look mm-hmm. like a bunch of dummies. Yeah, yeah. Um, since she, yeah. you know, she's from Boston and she probably mm-hmm. thinks that a lot of times. Yeah, and I think but, it's important, too, because I don't feel like the South is handled terribly well in, in TV and film. Because mm-hmm. I feel like it is in those two poles, right? Yeah. Either the South is completely whitewashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the South is like you've got people who aren't Southern with these terrible Southern accents mm-hmm. with playing. Well, like, or you have the people in power who are corrupt and terrible and evil yeah. um, who are controlling all of the mm-hmm. poor, yeah. stupid people. Right. Which yes. isn't – I mean there is definitely an air of truth to that. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, but then there's so much more. Yeah. I mean so anyway, maybe I should read that book and – See what she has yeah. to say about it now that we've talked this much so. about it. Uh, <laughs> but that, anyway, back to the original point, that's the sort of thing that gives me pause mm-hmm. when I go to this stuff. Because it's like, do I want to spend 20 nights yeah. reading that before I go to bed? I don't know. Sure. I get so, it. Well, yeah. And I think just back to your whole reading diet mm-hmm. pyramid. Yeah. Um, sometimes you have to do the hard things. Sometimes you do. But, you can't always... Eat the cookie. But not before bed. Yeah. You shouldn't do it before bed. Yeah. That's but nice. I am enjoying The Passenger quite a bit. Well, good. I'm mm. happy to hear it. Yeah. Let me – the other one should be here soon, so. I don't know if I'll be able to do that one. <laughs> that that could be – there was – there's an entire – if you try The Passenger, there's an entire chapter on physics. Mm-hmm. And – Did you read it? I did. And I've read, like, Brief History of Time, and I've mm-hmm. read some stuff by other – like Carlo Rovelli, um, who's a physicist – I wouldn't even begin to pretend to understand. Yeah. But I at least have kind of like a little bit. Like I understand <laughs> what quantum mechanics means as an idea. <laughs> like so uh, We have anyway. the quantum physics for babies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we should read that. Well, I read it and by the end I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> So, you know, I don't know. I might just let you put me in. Yeah, that, but that's one of those things like that shouldn't be a barrier. If you're bogged down in a chapter like that, just skip, skip it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. it's, it has not yet proven integral to the plot directly. Mm. Okay. So. Very good. All right. Well, gosh, look at us. 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So let's – let's just tell folks probably the week after Thanksgiving we probably won't have something ready, right? We might. We, you never you know. You never know. Okay. You never know. Keep you on the edge of your seat there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. Okay. Hey, thanks Happy for listening. Thanksgiving. Be sure to like, subscribe, and review our podcast. And if you like any of these books, come to the store and grab them, or you can click those links in the show notes and just yeah. order it straight from bookshop. Yeah. So that's right. Lots of ways to support your local bookstore and the podcast. And Ringo the dog. And Ringo has been so good. He has been a good boy. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.